Act Four of the Tragedy of Macbeth by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One: A cavern. In the middle, a boiling cauldron. Thunder. Enter the three witches. Thrice the brinded cat hath mewed. Thrice and once the hedge-pig whined. Harpier cries, "'Tis time, tis time. Round and round the cauldron go, In the poisoned entrails throw, Toad that under cold stone Days and nights at thirty-one, Sweltered venom sleeping got, Boil thou first in the charmed pot. Double, double, toil and trouble, Fire burn and cauldron bubble. Fillet of fenny snake, In the cauldron boil and bake, Eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog, adder's fork and blindworm's sting, lizard's leg and owlet's wing, forward charm of powerful trouble, like a hell-broth boil and bubble. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Scale of dragon, tooth of wolf, witch's mummy, maw and gulf of the raven, salt sea shark, root of hemlock digged in the dark, liver of blaspheming Jew, Gall of goat and slips of yew silvered in the moon's eclipse, nose of Turk and Tartar's lips, finger of birth strangled babe, ditch delivered by a drab, make the gruel thick and slab, add thereto a tiger's chaudron for the ingredients of our cauldron. Double, double, double toil, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. bubble. Cool it with a baboon's blood, then the charm is firm and good. Enter Hecate to the other three witches. Oh, well done. I commend your pains, and every one shall share in the game. And now about the cauldron sing, live elves and fairies in a ring, enchanting all that you put in. Music and a song, black spirits, etc. Hecate retires. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Open locks, whoever knocks. Enter Macbeth. How now, you secret black and midnight hags? What is you do? A deed without name. I conjure you, by that which you profess, howe'er you come to know it, answer me, though you untie the winds and let them fight against the churches though the yesty waves confound and swallow navigation up, though bladed corn be lodged and trees blown down, though castles topple on their warders' heads, though palaces and pyramids do slope their heads to their foundations, though the treasure of nature's germans tumble all together, even till destruction sicken, answer me to what I ask you. Speak. Demand. We'll answer. Say if thou'dst rather hear it from our mouths, or from our masters. Call em. Let me see em. Pour in sour's blood that hath eaten her nine pharaoh. Grease that sweaten from a murderer's gibbet, throw into the flame. Come high or low, thyself and office deftly show. Thunder. First apparition. An armed head. Tell me, thou unknown power. He knows thy thoughts. Hear his speech, but say thou naught. Macbeth, 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 beware, Macduff, beware the thane of Fife. Dismiss me, 
enough. Descends. Whate'er thou art, for thy good caution thanks. Thou hast harped my fear aright. But one word more. He will not be commanded. He is another, more potent than the first. Thunder. Second apparition, a bloody child. Macbeth! 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 Had I three ears, I'd hear thee. Be bloody, bold, and resolute. Laugh to scorn the power of man, For none of woman born shall harm Macbeth. Descends. Then live, Macduff, what need I fear of thee? But yet I'll make assurance double sure, And take a bond of fate thou shalt not live, That I may tell pale-hearted fear it lies, And sleep in spite of thunder. Thunder. Third apparition, a child crowned, with a tree in his hand. What is this, that rises like the issue of a king, and wears upon his baby brow the round and top of sovereignty? Listen, but speak not to it. Be lion-mettled, proud, and take no care who chafes, who frets, or where conspirers are. Macbeth shall never vanquished be, until great Burnham Wood to high Dunsinane Hill shall come against him. Descends. That will never be. Who can impress the forest, bid the tree unfix his earth-bound root? Sweet bodements, good, rebellion's head, rise never till the wood of Burnham rise, and our high-placed Macbeth shall live the lease of nature. Pay his breath to time a mortal custom. Yet my heart throbs to know one thing. Tell me, if your art can tell so much, Shall Banquo's issue ever reign in this kingdom? Seek to know no more. I will be satisfied. Deny me this, and an eternal curse fall on you. Let me know, why sinks that cauldron? And what noise is this? Hort boys. Show. Show, show, show his eyes and grieve his heart. Come like shadows, so to depart. A show of eight kings, the last with a glass in his hand. Ghost of Banquo following. Thou art too like the spirit of Banquo, down. Thy crown does see mine eyeballs, and thy hair, thou other gold-bound brow, is like the first. A third is like the former. Filthy hags, why do you show me this? A fourth, start eyes. What, will the line stretch out to the crack of doom? Another yet, a seventh, I see no more. And yet the eighth appears, who bears a glass, which shows me many more. As some I see, that twofold balls and treble sceptres carry. Horrible sight! Now I see tis true, for the blood-bolted Banquo smiles upon me, and points at them for his. Apparitions vanish. What, is this so? I sir, all this is so, but why stands Macbeth thus amazedly? Come, sisters, cheer we up his sprites, and show the best of our delights. I'll charm the air to give a sound, while you perform your antic round. That this great king may kindly say our duties did his welcome pay. Music. 
The witches dance and then vanish with Hecate. Where are they? Gone? Let this pernicious hour stand I accursed in the calendar. Come in without there. Enter Lennox. What's your grace's will? Saw you the weird sisters? No, my lord. Came they not by you? No, indeed, my lord. Infected be the air whereon they ride, and damned all those that trust them. I did hear the galloping of horse. Who wast came by? Tis two or three, my lord, that bring you word. Macduff is fled to England. Fled to England? Aye, my good lord. Time, thou anticipatest my dread exploits. The flighty purpose ne'er is o'ertuck, unless the deed go with it. From this moment the very firstlings of my heart shall be the firstlings of my hand. And even now, to crown my thoughts with acts, be it thought and done. The castle of Macduff I will surprise, seize upon Fife, give to the edge of the sword, his wife, his babes, and all unfortunate souls that trace him in his line. No boasting like a fool, this deed I'll do before this purpose cool. But no more sights. Where are these gentlemen? Come, bring me where they are. Exeunt. Act 4, Scene 2. Fife, Macduff's Castle. Enter Lady Macduff, her son, and Ross. What had he done to make him fly the land? You must have patience, madam. He had none. His flight was madness. When our actions do not, our fears do make us traitors. You know not whether it was his wisdom or his fear. Wisdom? To leave his wife? To leave his babes? His mansion and his titles in a place from whence himself does fly? He loves us not. He wants the natural touch. For the poor wren, the most diminutive of birds, will fight, her young ones in her nest, against the owl. All is the fear, and nothing is the love. As little is the wisdom where the flight so runs against all reason. My dearest cause, I pray you school yourself. But for your husband, he is noble, wise, judicious, and best knows the fits of the season. I dare not speak much further. But cruel are the times when we are traitors and do not know ourselves, when we hold rumour from what we fear, yet know not what we fear, but float upon a wild and violent sea each way and move. I take my leave of you. Shall not be long, but I'll be here again. Things at the worst will cease, or else climb upward to what they were before. My pretty cousin, blessing upon you. Fathered he is, and yet he's fatherless. I am so much a fool. Should I stay longer, it would be my disgrace and your discomfort. I take my leave at once. Exit. Sirrah, your father's dead. And what will you do now? How will you live? As birds do, mother. What? With worms and flies? With what I get. I mean, and so do they. Poor bird. That's never fear the net nor line, the pitfall nor the gin. Why should I, mother? Poor bird, they are not set for. My father is not dead, for all you're saying. Yes, he is dead. How wilt thou do for a father? Nay, how will you do for a husband? Why, I can buy me twenty at any market. Then you'll buy them to sell again. 
thou speak'st with all thy wit, and yet, if faith, with wit enough for thee. Was my father a traitor, mother? Aye, that he was. What is a traitor? Why, one that swears and lies. And be all traitors that do so. Every one that does so is a traitor, and must be hanged. And must they all be hanged that swear and lie? Every one. Who must hang them? Why, the honest men. Then liars and swearers are fools, for there are liars and swearers, no to beat the honest man and hang up them. Now, God help thee, poor monkey, but how wilt thou do for a father? If he were dead, you'll weep for him. If you were not, it's a good sign that I should quickly have a new father. Poor prattler, how thou talkst. Enter a messenger. Bless you, fair dame. I am not known to you. Though in your state of honour I am perfect, I doubt some danger does approach you nearly. If you will take a homely man's advice, be not found here. Hence with your little ones. To fright you thus, methinks, I am too savage. To do worse to you were fell cruelty, which is too nigh your person. Heaven preserve you. I dare abide no longer. Exit. Whither should I fly? I have done no harm. But I remember now I am in this earthly world, where to do harm is often laudable. To do good sometime I counted dangerous folly. Why then, alas, do I put up that womanly defence, to say I have done no harm? Enter murderers. What are these faces? Where is your husband? I hope in no place so unsanctified where such as thou mayst find him. He's a traitor. Thou liest, the shaghead villain. What, you egg? Stabbing him. Young fry of treachery. He has killed me, mother. Run away, I pray you. Dies. Exit Lady Macduff, crying, Murder! 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 Exeunt murderers following her. Act Four, Scene Three, England before the King's Palace. Enter Malcolm and Macduff. Let us seek out some desolate shade and there weep our sad bosoms empty. Let us rather hold fast the mortal sword and, like good men, bestride our downfallen birthdom. Each new morn, new widows howl, new orphans cry, new sorrows strike heaven on the face, that it resounds as if it felt with Scotland and yelled out like syllable of dolor. What I believe I'll wail, what no believe, and what I can redress, as I shall find the time to friend, I will. What you have spoke, it may be so perchance, this tyrant, whose sole name blisters our tongues, was once the honest. You have loved him well. He hath not touched you yet. I am young, but something you may deserve of him through me, and wisdom to offer up a weak, poor, innocent lamb to appease an angry god. I am not treacherous. But Macbeth is. A good and virtuous nature may recoil in an imperial charge. But I shall crave your pardon. That which you are, my thoughts cannot transpose. Angels are bright still, though the brightest fell. Though all things foul would wear the brows of grace, yet grace must still look so. I have lost my hopes. Perchance even there where I did find my doubts. 
why in that rawness left you wife and child those precious motives those strong knots of love without leave taken i pray you let not my jealousies be your dishonours but mine own safeties you may be rightly just whatever i shall think bleed bleed poor country great tyranny lay thou thy bases sure for goodness dare not check thee where thou thy wrongs the title is afeard fare thee well lord i would not be the villain that thou thinkst for the whole space that's in the tyrant's grasp and the rich east to boot be not offended i speak not as in absolute fear of you i think our country sinks beneath the yoke it weeps it bleeds and each new day a gash is added to her wounds i think withal there will be hands uplifted in my right and here from gracious england have an offer of goodly thousands but for all this when i shall tread upon the tyrant's head or wear it on my sword yet my poor country shall have more vices than it had before more suffering more sundry ways than ever by him that shall succeed what should he be it is myself i mean in whom i know all the particulars of vice so grafted that when they shall be opened black macbeth will seem as pure as snow and the poor state esteem him as a lamb being compared with my confineless arms not in the legions of horrid hell can come a devil more damned in evils to top macbeth i grant him bloody luxurious avaricious false deceitful sudden malicious smacking of every sin that has a name but there's no bottom none in my voluptuousness your wives your daughters your matrons and your maids could not fill up the cistern of my lust and my desire all continent impediments would o'erbear that did oppose my will better macbeth than such a one terrain boundless intemperance in nature is a tyranny it hath been the untimely emptying of the happy throne and fall of many kings but fear not yet to take upon you what is yours you may convey your pleasures in a spacious plenty and yet seem cold the time you may so hoodwink we have willing dames enough there cannot be that vulture in you to devour so many as will to greatness dedicate themselves finding it so inclined with this there grows in my most ill-composed affection such a staunchless avarice that were i king i should cut off the nobles for their lands desire his jewels and this other's house and my more having would be as a sauce to make me hunger more that i should forge quarrels unjust against the good and loyal destroying them for wealth this avarice sticks deeper grows with more pernicious root than summer seeming lust and it hath been the sword of our slain kings yet do not fear scotland hath poisons to fill up your will of your mere own all these are portable with other graces weighed but i have none the king becoming graces as justice verity temperance stableness bounty perseverance mercy lowliness devotion patience courage fortitude i have no relish of them but i bound in the division of each several crime acting it many ways nay had i power i should pour the sweet milk of concord into hell uproar the universal peace confound all unity on earth o scotland scotland if such a one be fit to govern speak i am as i have spoken 
fit to govern no not to live o oh, nation miserable with an untitled tyrant bloody sceptred when shalt thou see thy wholesome days again since that the truest issue of thy throne by his own interdiction stands accursed and does blaspheme his breed thy royal father was a most sainted king the queen that bore thee oftener upon her knees than on her feet died every day she lived fare thee well these evils thou repeat'st upon thyself have banished me from scotland o oh, my breast thy hope ends here macduff this noble passion child of integrity hath from my soul wiped the black scruples, reconciled my thoughts to thy good truth and honour. Devilish Macbeth by many of these trains hath sought to win me into his power, and modest wisdom plucks me from over-credulous haste. But God above deal between thee and me, for even now I put myself to thy direction, and unspeak my own detraction. Here abjure the taints and blames I lay upon myself for strangers to my nature. I am yet unknown to woman, Never was forsworn, scarcely have coveted what was mine own, at no time broke my faith, would not betray the devil to his fellow, and delight no less in truth than life. My first false speaking was this upon myself, what I am truly is thine and my poor country's to command, whither indeed, before thy here approach, old Seward, with ten thousand warlike men, already at a point, was setting forth. Now we'll together, and the chance of goodness be like our warranted quarrel, why are you silent? Such welcome and unwelcome things at once, tis hard to reconcile. Enter a doctor. Well, more anon. Comes the king forth, I pray you. Ay, sir, there are a crew of wretched souls that stay his cure. Their malady convinces the great essay of art, but at his touch, such sanctity hath heaven given his hand, they presently amend. I thank you, doctor. Exit doctor. What's the disease he means? Tis called the evil, a most miraculous work in this good king, which often since my hearing in England I have seen him do. How he solicits heaven himself best knows, but strangely visited people, all swollen and ulcerous, pitiful to the eye, the mere despair of surgery, he cures, hanging a golden stamp about their necks, put on with holy prayers. And tis spoken to the succeeding royalty, he leaves the healing benediction. With this strange virtue he hath a heavenly gift of prophecy, and sundry blessings hang about his throne that speak him full of grace. Enter Ross. See, who comes here? My countryman, but yet I know him not. My ever-gentle cousin, welcome hither. I know him now. Good God, but times remove the means that makes us strangers. Sir, amen. Stand Scotland where it did. Alas, poor country, almost afraid to know itself. It cannot be called our mother, but our grave, where nothing but who knows nothing is once seen to smile, where sighs and groans and shrieks that rend the air are made, not marked, where violent sorrow seems a modern ecstasy. The dead man's knell is there scarce asked for who, and good men's lives expire before the flowers in their caps, dying or ere they sicken. Oh, relation too nice and yet too true. What's the newest grief? That of an hour's age doth hiss the speaker. 
Each minute teems a new one. How does my wife? Why, well. And all my children? Well, too. The tyrant has not battered at their peace? No, they were well at peace when I did leave them. Be not a niggard of your speech, a ghost. When I came hither to transport the tidings which I have heavily borne, there ran a rumour of many worthy fellows that were out, which was to my belief witnessed the rather, for that I saw the tyrant's power afoot. Now is the time of help. Your eye in Scotland would create soldiers, make our women fight to doff their dire distresses. Be it their comfort, we are coming thither. Gracious England hath lent us good seaward in ten thousand men. An older and a better soldier none that Christendom gives out. Would I could answer this comfort with the like. But I have words that would be howled out in the desert air, where hearing should not latch them. What concern they? The general cause? Or is it a fee grief due to some single breast? No mind that's honest, but in it shares some woe, though the main part pertains to you alone. If it be mine, keep it not from me quickly, let me have it. Let not your ears despise my tongue for ever, which shall possess them with the heaviest sound that ever yet they heard. Hmm. I guess at it. Your castle is surprised, your wife and babes savagely slaughtered. To relate the manner were on the quarry of these murdered deer to add the death of you. Merciful heaven! What, man, near pull your hat upon your brows, give sorrow words, the grief that does not speak whispers your fraught heart and bids it break. My children, too. Wife, children, servants, all that could be found. And I must be from thence. My wife killed, too. I have said. Be comforted. Let's make us medicines of our great revenge to cure this deadly grief. He has no children. All my pretty ones, did you say all? Oh, Hellkite, all? What, all my pretty chickens and their dam at one fell swoop? Dispute it like a man. I shall do so, but I must also feel it as a man. I cannot but remember such things were that were most precious to me. Did heaven look on, and would not take their part? Sinful Macduff, they were all struck for thee. Not that I am, not for their own demerits, but for mine fell slaughter on their souls. Heaven rest them now. Be this the whetstone of your sword. Let grief convert to anger. Blunt not the heart, enrage it. Oh, I could play the woman with mine eyes and braggart with my tongue. But, gentle heavens, cut short all intermission. Front to front bring thou this fiend of Scotland and myself. Within my sword's length set him. If he scape, heaven forgive him too. This tune goes manly. Come, go we to the king. Our power is ready. Our lack is nothing but our leave. Macbeth is ripe for shaking, and the powers above put on their instruments. Receive what cheer you may. The night is long that never finds the day. Exeunt. End of Act 4